This podcast is available in video form on our YouTube channel at Moto Outsider. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Moto Outsider. As always, my name is Matthew Huss, joined by my beautiful long-haired co-host, Chris Baird. But before we get into everything, we want to let you know about a giveaway that we are going to run for you guys as subscribers to the channel. So stick around to the end of the video for that because the fun part is you guys as the viewers and girls get to decide what the giveaway is going to be. So fun stuff there. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that out, but also stick around to the end of this video for details. But Chris, my man, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right, man. It's a rainy Delaware day, but everything's good here. How about you? Dude, you can't complain. It is a little bit cooler in Florida, but I'll take that. And for everybody who's wondering what cooler is, it's 67 degrees. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, but we're all right. Damn, must be nice. <laughs> it must be but nice. The, the interesting thing about Florida is Tampa Supercross. We're back. Also, it was a rainy Supercross day, a rainy day, which made for an interesting Supercross night. And uh, that definitely reflected in the results as well. So let's just get right into it. We're going to cover the 250s. We're going to talk about the television coverage which i have a bone to pick on that and i know you do as well chris and then we're going to wrap up with the 450s and our giveaway so guys let's get right into it the first topic is we're going to do a rookie recap on the 250 east so far let's jump right into hayden deegan chris what do you got for me on deegan's results last night i mean the kid's legit what, what can you say you know anybody who had any doubts about him another fourth place finish he won his heat race dominantly won his heat race i'm really impressed with hayden deegan he's third in points right now and again, I was joking about it last week, but he's in the title hunt right now. God yep. forbid two guys get hurt, and it's his title to win, man. It, it really could be. For sure. And the interesting thing is, too, if you look back at our most recent video about Hayden Deegan, before you comment on the video, please watch the video to understand our viewpoint first. I've realized a lot of you just jump right to the comments and don't even watch the video. So go watch that video. But it's interesting to see how people feel about Deegan and how polarizing this kid is. Everyone is saying that you know, he got lucky for the last race. I think yesterday's race in Tampa solidified how he did. I mean, dude, he had some hard get offs in practice. The kid comes back, smokes his heat race, and then does pretty good in the main event. So I'm, I'm happy with his results as well, man. Yeah, that was a kind of a big thing for him. I think the consistency was the thing people didn't know if he could actually put together and, and do two yep. weeks in a row. Now it is going to be a long, I say long, you know, like eight or nine race season, but He's got to do it a few more weeks to, to really like stay in this hunt, but it's impressive. Again, the kid's just, he, he keeps saying he's in his, you know, like learning year to kind of figure this stuff out, but he's, yep. beat, you know, Jeremy Martin, Tom Vial, he beat some big names yesterday. Didn't get any luck. He just rode his race. He was fast, smooth, consistent. What else could you want from the kid? For sure. So actually you brought up the names. Let's talk about it. Actually, let's talk about Chance Hymas won a bunch of futures races, beat Ryder Francesco straight up. Tom yep. VL, Caden Braswell did good too. Talon Hawkins was in. Give me your synopsis on the, um, you know, the rookies for the 250 class in the East. Absolutely, yeah. I think Chance Hymas is kind of uh, under the radar right now. You know, I, th I believe he finished eighth mm -hmm. last week and finished eighth as well this week. So again, the consistency is there. He might not be at Hayden's speed. Uh, he is still young. You know, he's on factory Honda, which is good for him. He has the yep. Lawrence brothers to look up to and Sexton to look up to. Um, but I think his rides are really good, and I'm curious to see if he can get into the top five as the season goes on. Um, these guys keep crashing. Like, look at Jordan Smith crash again. We'll talk about that in a right. little bit. But um, these guys are – their veterans are sometimes inconsistent. So I, I was really impressed with Chance. Uh, Tom Vial, you know, had a crash. Uh, I think he could have been up front. He was re really fast all day. Um, so we'll see what he can do. Uh, Talon Hawkins, uh, 11th last week. He finished at the yep. end of the pack. I think something might have happened. Maybe he crashed. But he's been qualifying both weeks. 
you know, he's filling a big role there because Jalik Swole got hurt like a week before the race. He's, right. he's got a lot of pressure on him to perform because if he gets hurt, there's no one else on that team and they're going to find a fill-in. A lot of these guys already have rides and contracts locked in. So, yeah, you look at those guys. Caden uh, Braswell, we talked about him last week. He yep. rode pretty good. Um, he's still not that top 10 yet, but I think he could get there. He, he qualified this week, so let's give him that, you know. Right, um, for sure. He's like a good kid with a lot of potential. Now, Tom Vl, I love this kid because, what, he didn't ride Supercross until a few weeks ago? Or, or like, what's the story with Tom Vl and his Supercross career? Because from what I understand, he actually just got into Supercross. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, his season with MXGP runs through usually the end of September, October, early in October. Um, and then he moved mm-hmm. over to America with his girlfriend, and they began riding Supercross for what you could say his you first time, you know, October, November. And look where he is right now. The kid's fast. He's showing yeah. tons of potential. And these and French guys typically you, do. Right. And that goes to show you the natural talent and the bike skill that the kids got. Because, I mean, if you just look at the television doesn't really do it justice. But if you look at some of the uh, guys' Instagram posts while they're doing track walk, the whoops are huge. Those triple faces are incredibly steep. I mean, I know you got to have balls of steel, but it's you got to have an incredible amount of confidence and bike skill to navigate a track at that level so early in what would be your supercross career. That's it's just talent to me absolutely yeah it's, i can't imagine the pressure uh you know coming from the mxgp series and having won two world championships people are also expecting him to do really well just because of the accomplishments and the accolades he's reached and i think he's nope. absolutely you know exceeded all his goals so far i can see him winning a race this year okay. even podium something like i don't know what you think about his his riding but i think yeah, he's very I, talented I don't know on the bike I, the talent level in the east is 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 stacked too and i want to say that last night's 250 race was one of the most fun 250 races to watch and we're going to get into that in our next topic here to answer your question though i don't think he's going to win maybe but i think he's definitely going to podium or be fighting for top fives but so let's talk about let's talk about hunter lawrence and nate thrasher because nate thrasher ran it for the entire race essentially hunter lawrence you know put on a hell of a show one of the best 250 races to watch for that reason and how he took the win shows the incredible level of bike skill that he has and also he was going for it it was either he was winning the race or they were both going down and losing so i like that edge what were your thoughts on the thrasher and lawrence battle coming to the end man yeah it was an amazing battle uh really really good job by thrasher for winning his heat race after you know finishing 15th in the main last week to come back and get even second and he led 18 laps. I can't imagine what he felt when he crossed that finish line. <laughs> that had to right. be such a kick in the balls to lead the whole thing to the last yeah. corner. But it also sure. shows how good Hunter's been riding and how bad he wanted it. And that, that was a really impressive pass. You don't you don't see that every day. And they almost no. hit the corner before that, too. So you kind of think Hunter could have went in there and just took him out thinking that it was intentional. Obviously, it wasn't. He made a mistake. But <laughs> that was a right. crazy, crazy race. It really was one of the best 250 races this year. A hundred, a hundred percent, man. And I love what they, the Dirtworks crew did with the beach because yeah. the sand, you could tell the sand was deep and it was a game changer for a lot of people. And you can tell how the riders were coming into it, both in two fifties and four fifties. They knew that the sand was tricky and they couldn't navigate it. Obviously sand is ever changing surface. And they went into it almost more like conservative or reserved just to keep the bike upright to get through it. So you didn't see a lot of hard charging, but dude, I mean, some of the guys' corner speed in the sand was nuts. It was fun to watch too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I was reading Vital this morning and they were, they were talking about the sand section saying that it should be a permanent feature. I agree. I think every track Agreed. should have some type of sand section just because, I mean, look at all the, the drama that literally the first lap, you know, it took out three yep. or four guys, the 250 LCQ. It's, it's just like a, it's a game changer. It kind of brings a little more skill. 
And like you said, yeah. those guys have to slow down to go fast sometimes. So it's really cool to watch them go through there. And the way it developed all night, the lines were changing like crazy. For sure. And it's cool because it's almost like the sand is like a joker lane. You know what I mean? It and, and it's in its own right. It's it's that wild card out there where it's like you don't know if someone's going to jump into the sand or stuff it in the turn, and that's it. And all of a sudden, you got to flip in you know two or three positions potentially. So uh, I liked what they did with the sand, and then so to round out the two fifties for the night, I want to talk about Jordan Smith um, because the dude's back is against the wall. He has no choice but to pin it and go for wins because his future is uncertain. This is arguably his last year with a team ride or like a solid factory team ride. He could yeah. be in the two fifties for however long he wants, but give me some more details on the Jordan Smith situation and how he ended up throughout the night. Yeah. You know, Jordan, uh, great rider. I'm pretty sure he was one of the ones who fell in the sand, just a really mm -hmm. stupid crash. Yeah. He fell the first lap in the sand. It's, I don't know. I just think that he does this every season. Unfortunately, he's been in the title hunt so many times and so many times he's crashed out. So he just needs to figure that out. Um, the fact that he went the whole off season without getting hurt was impressive. And I think he can race and not crash. He just, like you said, he pushes hard. His future is a little bit uncertain because he does have a one-year deal with Star. And if right. he doesn't perform, you kind of see how they are. Like, look at Matt LeBlanc. He, he got one year and he was out. So some of these guys are not getting a, a good chance to, to prove themselves. But that's a top, you know, higher echelon team. They're not playing around. And I can almost see Jordan ending up at, like, a Club Max or a Firepower Honda next year if he doesn't get to re-sign with them. Just... I don't know. I think his factory options are kind of gone and behind him now. For sure. And yeah, that's why he has to put up or shut up this year. And he knows that. And you could tell the way he rides that he's he's forcing the issue. But he could be a potential wild card in improving himself points-wise and creeping up in the points. I don't know if he'll be a championship contender per se. Um, you know, but he could be a, he could be a wild card out there that might surprise you if he gets a gets a decent start and a decent run at it. So, but I think everything we covered on the two fifties man just proves that it was arguably one of the most fun. 250 races to watch period last night absolutely yeah it was a really good race uh the only one i, I want to cover it was a uh, michael moseman who at any time in that race could have been the fastest guy and anytime this season could win a race he's won mm -hmm. races the past couple of seasons he just did what he did again he, he crashes all the time this one was yeah. a little weird it was almost like a takeout but he was just off balance didn't expect hunter to be there where he was and hunter got him so it's kind of a bummer for michael he's been taken out the past two races it's not really always his fault but something seems to always happen with him yeah. But besides that, action-packed race, um, looking through the results, uh, I'm with Jace Owen, top 10, Hardy Munoz, 10th. There's some really good guys are creeping into the top 10, which shows yep. the depth of the class isn't maybe as deep as the West, but there's still some really good guys, and it's awesome to see these privateers jumping up and getting up in the mix. For sure, man. Love it. So, dude, let's let's talk about something that I noticed and that a lot of people noticed, too, that I saw in Facebook groups and in, in some of the comments as well, was yeah. how terrible... The television coverage was last night in particular. You and I both saw that timing and scoring was messed up for a majority of the night. And then one thing I want to touch on too, and we'll make this quick, but they need to do something and they being felled needs to do something about the television uh, anchors that they have running these races. And I know RC has been in it for, for a minute. I think the golden era of announcing for Supercross was when it was uh, when it was RC and um, what's his name? Ralph. Yeah, Ralph Shaheen when Jeff Emig was in there too. But when yeah. they only had Diana Dahlgren on the ground doing her thing with uh, some of the interviews and some of the track reports, I yeah. liked that a lot. But having James Stewart in the booth last night was huge. What I think, James Stewart and Jason Wygant need to be the only two announcers in the booth. I said what I said. What do you think, man? 
Yeah, I think we were pretty spoiled this summer. Uh, we got the rotating co-hosts, and I personally am a huge fan of Jason Ligant. I just think he's one of the better spoken announcers that we have. No hate against RC or even Lee. I'm just not a big fan of Lee. Uh, he's very well known and respected, so it makes sense why he's in there. But yeah, James and, and uh, Jason were incredible. They really were. I think they work so well together. I would I'd pay tons of money myself to listen to them every race. They're so good. And well, I you like, get spoiled, I, man. They're so good. They just they know what they're talking about. And James is so damn intelligent with breaking down a race. Bingo. It's unbelievable. And and no discredit to RC. Carmichael knows what he's talking about too, but you can yeah. clearly see his rider bias when he starts analyzing certain riders on the track and where they are uh, throughout the race, which is fine. I don't care, dude. Choose your side. It's it's all good. But <laughs> what I like about what the NFL does, for example, they have analyst player nine times out of 10 in the uh in the booth yeah. calling the game you'll have jim nance and tony romo arguably becoming the best announcing duo in the nfl right now yeah. and i think we need to see more of that in supercross and motocross right having having stewart or carmichael breaking down the race like it has been i mean carmichael obviously historically has been breaking down the races but having stewart being a new uh analyst in the booth coming from the more yeah. rider forward side of things i like that I think Jason Wigan is a better speaker and a better analyst as a whole. Um, I just think we need to clear up the booth and all the announcers that we have and keep it to two or three people max. That's it. No, I agree. It's, it just gets a little bit too confusing and there's just too much going on when, when you have all those people in the booth. And again, I think Ricky's great. I just think that he doesn't talk and kind of put out what he's trying to say as well. And I know that he's worked on it and gotten way better over the years. But again, yeah. James is now doing podcasts every week. He's doing an amazing podcast with Bubbles World, and he just has it. It's one of those things I always talk about, you know, and the thing with Hayden as well, like whether you buy it or you have it, you know, like he just has the skill, in my opinion. James mm -hmm. is a very talented speaker, and he was able to break down the race a little better, in my opinion. Maybe that's why he's a little bit better of a racer than Ricky was back in the day. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just <laughs> one of those things I think that we need. Uh, we should start a petition to get Weege and, and Stewart in the booth every race all, right, all year. I'm in for that. Yeah. Link in bio for that. Just kidding. Um, so let's jump right into the 450s, man, and then we'll wrap up with what our giveaway is. So guys, if you're sticking with us, thank you. But we're jump. We're going to jump right into the uh, into the 450s. Let's talk about how what I thought was Tomac riding very conservative and safe. I don't necessarily think anything was wrong with with him personally, injury wise or health wise. I think it might have been some bike issues or him not riding in the mud. What do you think on that? Yeah, I think Tomac was smart, and they talked about it in the broadcast, and you've seen it over the years. Historically, when Tomac is uncomfortable, whether it's with the bike or with the track, it's kinda, he kind of puts in that reserve mode. He puts in cruise control and just rides around. And I do mm -hmm. think he could have did more damage if he did fall, get hurt again like he did a few weeks ago. Just not worth it. You know, he can't afford a 13th or a 15th. Uh, the points gap's now down to two points. We're getting really close here again. It's just, I think it was a smart race for him. I was a little bummed. I wanted to see him get in there and battle with those guys, but... You know, he had uh, Plessinger and, and Roxon in front of him. They were riding really well. Those guys have nothing to lose at this point. So it made sense ride around fifth and uh, hopefully push better next week. Right. And, I mean, Plessinger had a fantastic ride. It was fun to watch him, too. What I loved was that um, – I forgot I forgot who said it. It might have been RC or James. But was like, yeah, Tomac riding in safe cruise control mode is faster than, like, three-quarters of the field, which is scary <laughs> to even think about. Um, yeah. But, dude, let's talk about Cooper Webb. Cranks out his first win. I know we had a topic on that in a previous video about uh, Cooper being a, a fantastic front runner. But yeah. you could sell some people in the booth, <clears throat> RC – wasn't too happy that uh, you know Cooper was running up front. What are your what was your thoughts on Cooper's ride? Yeah, I mean Cooper, I don't know. He's he's 
still getting comfortable, I think, with his bike. And as you could tell in the whoops, he's still not there. He almost went down so hard towards the end of the race in the whoops, and that would have ended his total night. I think Cooper is in this thing right now. I think that he has a good chance to win this title. He just needs to start up front like that again. It seems to me like Cooper doesn't push through the pack as well as some of the other guys. I don't know if, if you've seen that, but it just looks like when he's up front, he stays there and he always goes forward. He's really good at putting pressure on, too. Uh, he yeah. pressured Chase almost that whole race, and I think he pressured him into that mistake, honestly. I mean, Chase I think has so been too. Pretty, pretty decent all day, and one little thing like that, and it's over. Cooper's riding awesome. I, I just, it was a good ride. For sure. No, it definitely was, too. And and I think that's that's the interesting interesting thing about Cooper is I can't necessarily put my thumb on his riding style or how he likes to race, but all I know is that he races in his own unique way. Um, and what I mean by that is I think he's a great team racer, meaning he'll put pressure on people to get them out of the way, help out, you know, the team or whether or not it's, you know, it's him or Plessinger, whatever the case is. But one thing I I I saw this in a comment and I don't know if you can confirm this or not, but Roger DeCoster petitioned to have like two or three whoops removed before (laughs) the race started. Was that true? Yeah, that was true. Um, I think he petitioned for three is what they said. And I saw something from Kate Clayson earlier who confirmed that it was two whoops were removed from the end of the corner. I see both sides of that. I'll give you both takes really quick. The good side is that, obviously, the, it was a little bit safer. Um, James talked about it in the pre-race thing, too, I guess, or maybe the day before in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the whoops were too close to the corner, and there was going to be guys blowing it, going into the wall. But then you kind of look at a KTM group historically struggling in the whoops. Definitely right. favored those guys a little bit more than anybody. So I could see both sides of that, but it does, does kind of bum you out a little bit when you have people interfering with the track. And everybody has to ride the same track, so it kind of sucks. That's the thing. And I think we should do side note. I think we should do a future video breaking down how tracks have evolved over the decades and how this racing has evolved and how bikes evolve and how the rider's skill is crazy now coupled with the machines. So we'll talk about that in a later video, but dude, quick side note, let's add in the B roll right here of Anderson squeezing Barsha coming into that turn. And, um, (laughs) I love the rivalry that exists there somewhat, if you want to call it that, because one thing I love about Barsha is that he likes to get dirty and you can't mess with him that way because he enjoys it. You could tell there's riders <laughs> out there who don't want to smash people, don't want to ride that way. Anderson is about the game too, which I love, which is why it's great to watch both of them. But dude, that yeah. was that was such a I mean, it wasn't a takeout per se, but you know that Anderson was coming in hunting for that front wheel. So that was Absolutely. that was fun to watch. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I did not expect that. I just do not understand Anderson's whole, you know, MO for the season because in my opinion, I think he could be leading the championship right now with his speed. Uh, watch him in practice, watch him during the heat races. He's just very aggressive on the bike, and I think he was the fastest last night in that race. I don't know if you, if you saw him like after, right after the finish line in that corner. It was very flat. He's really good at getting mm-hmm. those flat corners figured out, getting on the back, like the middle of the seat, and just getting traction where everybody else struggles. He's always yep. been good at that, and it was, it's fun to watch him ride that stuff. I just don't know why he keeps throwing these races away. It's not worth it. He's losing points. He's losing valuable results that... Again, he could win another championship, but if he keeps doing this stuff, he's never going to win another one. There's no way. And it's like, we don't really know what's going on on the inside. Maybe something interpersonally with him, something with the team, with the bike. We don't know. I'm sure as the season goes on and and some of the bigger guys start asking these questions, we'll find out. But I agree. Something, something strange is going on there. And what also, you know, was a surprise, but wasn't really a surprise was what Chase Sexton ended up doing last night. We all saw, you know, I don't want to say him, he didn't toss the race, but he made a costly mistake, which lost him the race. Break yeah. down what you thought about Chase Sexton and ultimately handing the win over to Cooper. Yeah, I think Chase, I don't know if it's just the, the confidence kind of getting beat down a little bit. 
Obviously last week he definitely took a confidence beating with not being able to pass Tomac in that main event because he was faster all day. You know, gapped him by eight seconds in the heat race. Yep. So I just I think he either gets in his own head or it's just these stupid little mistakes like losing your front end in the whoops. That usually never happens. Usually you get a little sideways and kind of get a little huckabuck. But yeah, you get the swap. Yep, <laughs> you get a little swap. But yeah, he's he's if not Anderson and Tomac, I mean he's that guy. He should be right up there with those guys and winning every. He probably should be winning every race honestly with his lap times he sets. But yeah, right. just inconsistencies are holding him back. He was lucky enough to get up and finish second, but. I feel for the guy. It's got to be hard going home every week saying, man, I should have, could have, would have. For now sure. He, he almost and, had and, it. And I, and I know you're working on this for a future video that's coming up, guys. We have a video coming out about the championship analysis and what's happened historically over the past 30 years with the first five or six rounds. And I know Chris is putting together a bunch of data on that. So please subscribe because we've got a lot <laughs> of interesting uh, points coming out about what Tomac's done, what Chase Sexton is doing. So yeah. we're going to break that down in a future analysis. But overall, to put a big bow on this, Tampa Supercross, arguably one of the best races of the year, one of the most fun tracks to watch them ride given the weather elements and everything. 250s yeah. was nuts with uh, what happened with uh, Deegan and all the rookies up there too. But um, So now I want to talk about the giveaway we're going to do. So if you stuck around to the end, thank you. But also, we want to hear from you guys in the comments as to what our giveaway should be. So we're going to do two giveaways, not one, but two. The first giveaway is going to happen at 500 subscribers. At the time of this recording, we have 133. So please subscribe because that is one way to enter for this. The second way to enter is to tell us if you want a rider replica jersey or if you want to have a gift card to your favorite motocross store. So we're going to leave that up to you guys. So subscribe. That's entryway number one. And number two is going to be let us know in the comments what you want the giveaway to be. Chris, do you think that's fair, man? I think that's more than fair. Uh, the giveaway is, is just an appreciation for everybody subscribing. You know, we're not even a month into this yet, and the support and the growth for us has been super fun it's to watch. Awesome. We love every second of this. We get those comments that, oh, another motocross show. But, again, we both have full-time jobs, like you've said to other people. We do this because we love it, and we just want to keep putting out content for people. So we appreciate you guys supporting. If you guys pick the gift card, the gift card will be, you know, a couple hundred bucks, so it's not going to be a small one. Uh, we'll make it worth your while. Just let us know in the comments and keep liking these videos, sharing them, sending them to your friends and whatever else you can do. We appreciate it. Awesome. Well said, man. So guys, to recap on this giveaway, you get to pick. You have to enter uh, by commenting down below and by subscribing. So subscribe to the channel, of course. Yeah. Number two, comment down below with what you guys want to see for the giveaway. And we're going to be announcing those details in the future. So thank you so much, guys.